You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Kevin Wags. I give you A. And with that, we are back. We are finally back. The ACL pod featuring my man, the one and only Mr. Captain Wags. I'm ACL. He is Wags. Twitter, X, Instagram, at the real Mr. ACL, at Captain Wags, the website, acl-sports.com. Everything you could ever want up on the website. For all the new listeners, we appreciate you listening in. We obviously had our preview pods all summer, college and pro, and this is our first weekly pod that we're going to be doing all season long. As far as just, look, recapping last week for a little bit, we can certainly learn from what happened in weeks past to handicap games going forward. We will be doing fishy lines, a game that Wags and I have identified each that kind of sticks out, right? A fishy line uh, on the college board this week as far as just, you know, you look at it and like, what, what, what's going on there? So we'll be talking about fishy lines. Uh, we'll be talking about a couple of game previews coming up. And of course, the $300 Monday Night Football Contest and a free play at the end of the pod. Wags, welcome back, man. How you doing? Doing great. Looking forward to the, uh, I guess, first pod, in-season pod, I should say, uh, for football. Definitely looking forward to it. Talking about college pro, what's been working, what's not, who looks good, who doesn't. Um you know, looking at some of these uh, games of the week, maybe not so much in college football this week, Oof. but Oof. Uh, we were able to find one that I guess is a, yeah, it should be a good game. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a bit later, but yeah, the, the college slate this week is, um, you know, few and far between as far as good games. We were talking pre-pod and I said, and I'm not exaggerating, the worst college football week as far as matchups that I've ever seen. And then you go to next week and it's arguably the best that I've seen yeah. in the last 10 years. I wish yep. they had chopped it up a little bit because there's not one top 25 matchup on the board this week, but Hey, you can still bet on the games and this, the point spread is what it is. So, but man, like you just go down the slate. I, I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking not a lot going on this week as far as just marquee matchups. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the tightest one, and it's not the game of the week from a line perspective, is Kansas State at Missouri. Yes. It should actually be a very good game. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I guess Minnesota at North Carolina. But again, the, these are two games that we're, we're not talking, you know, we're not going to talk about. They're, they're, they're just, you know, they're boring matchups, if you will, just completely boring sure. and, and not exciting. So I think the one we will talk about later on, SEC matchup, um, should be a good one. Wanted to jump in as far as what happened last week, shaking up the college playoff board, sh- shaking up the college futures board. Obviously, Texas goes into Alabama, seven-point dog, wins outright. The market reopens. Texas now is the third co-favorite to win the national title. Georgia plus 240, Michigan plus 475. Texas and FSU now 10-1. to 1. Alabama Wags, I tweeted this out the other day, in some shops, it is mid-September. It's not like it's you know November and Alabama has two losses or or whatever. 40 to 1. 40 to 1 on this Alabama team that again lost a game not in conference but lost a game 
40 to one. That's just not something that we normally see from a Nick Saban led team in, in the middle of September, a couple of games into the season here. Yeah. Look, Vegas is speaking and, and Alabama is just, look, they're, I wouldn't say they're reeling, but you know, as far as Alabama is concerned, they're, they're reeling a little bit. I mean, they only returned 10 starters overall, five on offense, five on defense. You know, we talked about this on the preseason SEC pod. Um, yeah, I mean, they have a very difficult schedule, and the fact that they're one and one, they lose to Texas as seven point favorites, and still have Ole Miss at Mississippi State at A and M, who you know just lost to Miami. You know, obviously, I have to mention that. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, have to play LSU, both off buys. I mean, Tennessee, Arkansas, they have a very difficult schedule, and the fact is, um, you know, I think Vegas is basically saying, look, they're they're just ordinary for an yep. Alabama team. You know, they're good. They're not great. They got Nick Saban. Yeah, but this is where we are now. And and Alabama, you know, as we like to say, ain't it. Alabama ain't it this year. And the market spoke not only now, but preseason. We talked about this on the preseason pod as far as season win totals goes, that Sharps are definitely on, on the under on this Alabama team. Lots of questions at quarterback um, and, and just the offense and certainly the defense, you could argue, is just not there. I was on the uh, the under in the first half. Thankfully, I played first half and not full game uh, on this on this team last year. But man, they just struggle. You can kind of see it in Saban's press conferences lately. I know he did that kind of smirk in preseason, but something's just off. Something is just off. And look, they're not going to be throwing out forty to ones out there, thirty to ones out there, uh, if they thought Alabama had a legitimate shot to make it. So. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, you mentioned quarterback issues, you know, Jalen Milrow, uh, you know, basically gets the the axe here and um, we see someone like uh, Tyler Buckner come in and, 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 you know, kind of try to take over this team. We'll see, you know, they got USF this week on the road. Now, you know, USF is nothing special at all so Alabama you know I think they're about 32 point 32. favorites yeah hit right um, spot potentially on the Saban back-to-back loss you know awful loss I should say potentially I mean look South Florida like they stink I mean 32 almost that could be a fishy line right there it'd be 51 zip real yeah, quick ex- well exactly <laughs> I'm so I'm, I'm so a little bit shocked that it's that low I mean you know just to let everybody know what South Florida did, they lost to Western Kentucky, who's decent, 41-24, and then they beat FAMU, 38-24. So, yeah. I mean, just not good, but you got Alabama coming in. They'll they'll play this like it's their Super Bowl, but um, 32 points, a lot of points there. A team that's interesting to me, Wags, both in the futures market and you know season win totals and, and just what they've done so far is Notre Dame. 3-0 so far. They played Navy over in Ireland. They beat Tennessee State. So, you know, 98-6 to six as far as combined scores in the first two. Last week, NC State, I know they covered. I know they won by 21. Two, whatever it was, hour rain delay just sort of screwed up the whole momentum of the game. A very weird game yes. as far as just how everything went. The score was certainly a lot bigger than the actual um, – stats would would say and again that that randall i i think did not help notre dame this week in a really interesting spot because next week they play ohio state you have a couple of teams this week notably florida state notre dame etc that have these big 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 matchups next week and they're playing teams like central michigan this week central michigan getting around 35 at notre dame this week so probably not going to show a lot this week potentially a, a spot to back the central michigan team but Notre Dame, I mean, look, twenty-two to one in the in the in the futures market, certainly on the table 
that they could go 11 and 1, 12 and 0 just based on the schedule. The Clemson game obviously in week 10 looking not as difficult as we might have thought earlier and then the Ohio State game next week. Uh they were 7 point dogs. I fully expect that number to come down a bit uh from what it was in the preseason. But yeah, this is an interesting Notre Dame team going forward with uh certainly someone at quarterback who's now a potential potential Heisman winner and Mr. Sam Hartman. Yeah, look, Sam Hartman is is great. He, you know, I think Notre Dame's legit. You know, you asked, like, what do you think about Notre Dame? I think they're legit. Um, personally, I think eventually they do get out-athleted, if you will. Um, Sam Hartman, 100% real, proven himself to be a winner. Um, took a weak team, like a Wake Forest, right, to three winning seasons. I think he went eight and five twice. I think, what was it, like 11 and one or 11 and two one year, um, you know, which, again, unheard of for Wake Forest. And, you know, I, as you mentioned, Ohio State next week, definitely a look ahead. You know, you mentioned if you're going to back anyone in this game, it's probably going to be Central Michigan plus the points um, just because Ohio State's waiting there for uh, Notre Dame next week. Um, but, yeah, they have Ohio State at home. They have USC at home um, on October 14th. And then they have to go to Clemson November 4th, right? So three very difficult games, probably why you see a team like Notre Dame have, you know, as I guess you know, high odds as they do. Um, I'm thinking if I take any future for Notre Dame, it's going to be something like four to one to make the playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not necessarily anything else um, because, you know, I just don't think that they're ready to, to even with Sam Hartman, um, you know, I think defensively keeping up with some of these potent offenses out there is going to be difficult for a team like Notre Dame. Keep in mind, guys, uh, books now post updated season win totals after each week. So to Wags' point, if you don't want to take Notre Dame to win the national title or even to make the playoff, there's an updated win total on pretty much the you know main teams, right? Not, not the central missions yeah. of the world. But the Notre Dames, the USC's, I actually sent one out to our uh, email subscribers today, uh, a college football free play, right? So there's a lot of value, in my opinion, that comes out. Because college football, only 12 games. So one game and one public perception of a game can skew these lines in a huge way, huge way. So maybe if you don't necessarily think they're going to make the playoffs, say they go 10-2, and two, you take them over 9.5 or over 10 at, at plus money, right? So there's other ways to, to hit certain teams in the um, – derivative markets as well so wags before you go over to the nfl uh how many tyler van dyke heisman features do you have in pocket now <laughs> 10 12 15 uh, already what the, he's the done limit, 40 to 1 man the limit does not exist okay, uh, okay. Um, just, just checking just look checking. man my, miami's real um i think they're as they're as re- well let me take a step back and and um basically say they're as real as they've been in the last few years um, i'll give you that 19 starters back, transfers, just handled the business against Texas A&M. Now, you can Jimbo Fisher me all day and all you want, um, and I get that. I'm with you on that. Uh, well, I'm sure you'll mention how he's now the uh, number one coach to be fired. Um, Which I actually don't agree with, but the odds <laughs> are what they are. Um, but look, Miami did something that I haven't seen in years, and it was their offensive line that gave Van Dyke time against a top 10 defensive line in the nation. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a, a defensive line that dominated the first two games. Now, again, I know they played like New Mexico and, and you know, whoever else, you know, Sisters of the Blind, but um, the, 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 fact, the fact of the matter is 
This offensive line gave Van Dyke time. The receivers got open against a top five defensive back group. Um, and Van Dyke was just dropping dimes out there. So, um, you know, I think they showed grit. They showed resiliency, things that they haven't done in the last, you know, several years, uh, coming back from 10-0 and 17-7 um, and literally just turning it on. Um, they should win the next two. I mean, they got cupcakes against the, you know, Bethune-Cookman this week and um, who do they have next week? Uh, Temple. Right now. And Temple, right? So At should Temple. Be, tricky, yeah. tricky spot, potentially. I don't know, man. Mm, they got a bye week the following week. So they, I'm yeah, high on no. Temple this year. But yeah. to your point, they're going to win that game in all seriousness. Right. So, so – Four and zero before a bye week, they they do play Georgia Tech on uh, you know that for that fifth potential win. Um, you know, again, I, I'm always hesitant because Miami is very notorious, at least of recent years, to to lose some of these cupcake games as they did mm-hmm. last year against Middle Tennessee. They lost a few years ago to FIU, uh, but they should handle business against Georgia Tech. But then they got two tough games at North Carolina on October 14th, and then they come home against Clemson, who, again, has maybe shown a little bit um, of who maybe they are. And, and maybe it was Dabo not having a top quarterback that's that's kind of made Dabo who he is or um, – you know, they're just, they haven't clicked yet. So we'll see about Clemson over the next few weeks. But um, yeah, Miami's real. Look, they, if they can handle business against teams they should beat, like Georgia Tech, Virginia, NC State even, right? That's a tough game on the road. Yep. Louisville and Boston College. And they could beat Clemson and beat North Carolina. I mean, which again, could happen. They get Clemson at home. North Carolina is beatable. Mm-hmm. Um then you got at Florida State, November 11th to, you know, again, That's I don't, I don't, I don't a huge game, huge rivalry game. Anything could happen. I don't expect us to beat Florida State. They could also honest. play and, again in the ACT title game this year yes. because of the way it's structured. So, correct. you know, so they're they, both undefeated, they, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And who knows? Clemson could knock off Florida State. Um, Wags, Clemson could, could get to nine wins. They, they, they just they, might get to nine wins. They could get to 10. They could. <laughs> might be good for some. Might be good yeah. for some. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I think my, you know, you bring up Miami. I had to kind of go into that because it's, you know, every year I'm hopeful and every year I get disappointed and, and probably going to happen this year again, no doubt about it. But um, what I'm seeing from them has, they've definitely turned the corner. Cristobal, like, you know, you could love him. You could not, you could think he's overrated. Maybe he is, but at least he's making this team a little tougher um, and they haven't laid down not yet. Um, and they beat an SEC team. I think it's the second yep. SEC team that they, they've beat ever. Right. But I mean, the thing, obviously they've, they've beat Florida a few years ago, but um, yeah, I mean, it should be, uh, should be a, a fun year, hopefully for the hurricanes. Yeah. It was a game I gave out as a free play actually last weekend, the over in that game really like what I'm seeing out of this Miami team and this, this Texas A&M defense is certainly taking a step back for sure. Yeah. So that crazy. Was a, that was they a nice have, hit in the third quarter there. They have, they have, I mean, preseason, I mean, their position mm-hmm. groups ranked really high across the board. Um, you know, obviously you start tweaking those, but I still think that their defensive line is very, very good. Um, DBs, you know, definitely took a hit a little bit um, from what I saw last week. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a little bit surprising um, what I saw from, from A&M um, having three units in the top 12 across uh in the country coaching matters 
Yes, coaching does coaching matter. Matters. Yeah, no. Um, I, what Wags was referencing earlier as far as the coach fired, we're taping this Wednesday afternoon. I tweeted this out right before taping that Bet Online does a really good job of posting uh, first coach fired odds, right? And I gave out Butch Jones this summer at a much higher number. He's now the second favorite at five to one. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is the favorite at four to one, which I understand just based on wins and losses, but his buyout is so big. You got to factor that in that. I, I just have a really tough time seeing them letting him go before Arkansas state lets Butch Jones go, which is going to happen if not the end of this year, mid season. So we'll certainly still take a look at that Butch Jones five to one number. Uh, the Tyler Van Dyke wags, he's 40 to one to win the Heisman, you know, about a dozen guys ahead of him. Caleb Williams still a favorite, plus four twenty-five. Jordan Travis five to one. Quinn Edwards eight to one. Shador Sanders ten to one. And look, I get the whole Colorado thing. Um, however, if you're betting Heisman, uh, if you're if you're betting the Heisman on anyone on Colorado, keep in mind the Heisman is money. usually given. Yes, the Heisman is usually not usually almost always given out to guys in that you know nine, ten, eleven, twelve win range as far as yes. the teams that they're on. If Colorado's win total is six and a half, that means the market is saying seven would be you know, performing above market. They're not going to give it to a guy on a seven, one team. They're simply not going to do it. Yeah. I'll tell um, you what, right now I saw six and a half at plus plus one fifty. Sure. Uh, I would uh, on the under, and I would highly consider that at plus money. Okay. Um, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll tell you why um, Colorado. Look, they're 18 to one to win the pack 12. I mean, that should tell you something, right? They're, they're not real beyond that. They have games at Oregon, USC at UCLA, Oregon State at Washington State and at Utah. Schedule really tough. They are dogs in six of their next ten games. Four of those dogs, they're double digit, double double digit dogs. Okay, that means they're likely not going to win those games. Um, I just you know to get six and a half on the under at plus one fifty or plus one forty five. Um, it's pretty tempting, especially when everybody's so high on them. I mean, this is going to be probably the better, you know, best value. Maybe not. I mean, may, or maybe you wait until they win this week. Um, who they play? Like, uh, yeah, they're playing Colorado Colorado State, exactly, right? and they're minus twenty three. I was going to say, yeah. if you like that number, yeah, I might wait. wait. Say they blow them out, or you know, cover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, still or even a, win by 23 or whatever right. it's supposed to be. Don't cover. Know? Still win by 23 and everyone thinks, you know, they're great. It's actually a game that I'm eyeing because to me, when I was first looking at the lines last week, the market, I was like, okay, the market has finally not caught up with Colorado, perhaps even surpassed because, you know, last week we obviously talked about that game in length, the TCU game, they're plus 21. So to go from plus 21 to around, you know, two and a half versus Nebraska and boom, minus 23 and a half. I get it. Colorado State's not, not yeah. a good team, but Totally. And look, I'll tell you what, I'm not, you could call any of the listeners out here can call you or I a hater on Colorado. I'll tell you one thing, Colorado has already outperformed what I thought they were going to do this year. I stayed away from their total. I'm not part of their, their season total. You know, I'm a game by game guy. So, um, you know, I I don't think I've taken one game that they've played in this year because I need to wait and see, I need to see what Deion Sanders can do. And what I'm seeing is impressing me. However, I also have a sense of reality and there's no chance that Colorado is going to, you know, for those people saying, Oh, they're going to win the PAC 12. They're going to win the national championship. If they do, you can come back and you, I'll say, Hey, I was wrong. I have no problem saying that, but that, that it ain't happening. 
I tweeted out earlier today four look-ahead lines on Colorado games. To your point, Wags, yeah, about them being double-digit right? favorites. Yep. So take a look okay. at those as well, everybody. All right, Wags, moving over to the NFL real quick before we hit up fishy lines. Any, did anything of importance happen on the Monday night game? I, I, I haven't I heard. I don't know. I, I, haven't, uh, heard. I haven't heard either. Um, I haven't heard. I heard uh, Garrett Wilson caught a pretty nice touchdown pass a nice from, touchdown. That was from nice. Zach Wilson, actually. I don't know if yes. that made anything. Yes. Zach Wilson. All right. So, obviously, <laughs> we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. The Zach Wilson experience is live and in full effect. The uh, look-ahead line for the Jets game, prior to the Aaron Rodgers injury, they were plus three at Dallas. The market is now having it at plus nine and a half. So, okay, a seven-ish point swing from Rodgers to Zach Wilson. I can buy that. Um Obviously, it affects everything. Updated season win totals, AFC East odds, AFC odds, Super Bowl odds. In my view, Wags, the biggest beneficiary of this is the Miami Dolphins. Because now, I think they're a better team than the Patriots. I certainly think they're a better team than the Jets at this point. The Bills looked way down. Josh Allen has to obviously cut down on the turnovers, which I think he will this week uh, in a pretty good spot against the Raiders, shall we say, from a situational standpoint. But man... A tough, tough break for the New York Jets. Uh, season one total down to eight and a half. Some eights in the market as well. Um, just a, a really tough break for, for uh, the Jets and their entire fan base. Yeah, I mean, obviously a Dolphins fan here. So uh, you, you hate you never root for an injury. You hate to see it. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here with the Jets. Um, are they going to ride this? Zach Wilson experience out or are they going to, you know, obviously the, yes, they're going to shop and, and look around to see who else is out there. Have you seen but, some of the names, man? Have you seen yeah, some of the names? I, I mean, have them, I mean, I, 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 mean I, I have them written down. Joe Flacco, I mean, Nick on. Foles, Carson Wentz. Yeah. Yep. Now Jameis Winston, I mean, you know, that's, I, the, I, one, that's the one guy I, I really liked the best. I yeah. kind of chuckled, but then I said, you know what? He's young. He younger. I don't know. He's young. Yeah. yeah. Um, he has the experience. Yes. Does he throw interceptions? Yeah. But does he take chances and go downfield? And guess what? Mm-hmm. The Jets could benefit from someone like him because they do have such a good defense. And if he is going to like step up in the pocket and just wing the ball, I mean, he can make the throws. There's no doubt about it. He's proven himself. Um, it's just a matter of like, hey, can he manage himself and this and that. The other guy, and I know this is far-fetched, and, and I'm not going to where you think I'm going because uh, I know you were, I don't want to say high on it, but maybe hopeful that this would be pan out. Not, that is the Tom Brady experience, but I'm not going there. Um, in I just want to see it happen just for the, yeah. you know, Hollywood Hogan NWO heel, heel turn oh from the Pats to the Jets. Yep. You, you want that so badly. Um, but Kyler Murray. Now, again, okay. there's okay. a lot of moving pieces that have to fall into place, a.k.a. his knee and rehab. Um, but here's my thought. Let's ride out this, you know, if I'm a Jets executive or, fan or whatever, whoever, let, let's ride this Zach experience, uh, Wilson experience out. See what happens over the next four, five, six weeks. Um, if we can get to three and three and I'm a Jet, you know, and, and Zach Wilson, maybe you're like, hey, look, you know, three and three, it's not bad, but it's really the defense. He ain't it. Let's go see and knock on Arizona's door and see what, you know, they're willing to take for Kyler Murray. 
Um, if his knee by then is better um, and they can figure out how to get him, the Jets' biggest negative, in in my opinion, is their offensive line. Now, they're not terrible, but if you have someone like Kyler Murray running back there and being able to escape the rush and make plays, and you got guys like Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard running down the field and getting open, I think it's a great fit. Um, you have a great defense. You know, we mentioned that. Um, it could be an interesting play. Now, look, they're going to have to – look, Arizona will definitely have the upper hand in the trade negotiations because they know the Jets are in desperate, you know, desperation mode because they kind of went all in this year thinking Aaron Rodgers was going to be there. Um, but it would be a huge upgrade to Zach Wilson, Kyler Murray. I don't think he's great, yes. but he's good, be- better than, than – you know, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's an athlete. He can make plays with his feet. Um and the way that the Jets are built, I think he, he would be a really good fit and he would be dangerous. But um, again, there's a lot of things that would need to be to fall into place. I like it. I also don't like his contract. Uh, yeah, I'm the sure money, Ari- yeah, yeah, yeah. Arguably the worst but, in the entire yeah. NFL. So I'm sure exactly. Arizona would gladly like to get it off the books. A hundred percent for Caleb Williams or Drake. But if, if Woody's, you know, kind right. of committed, look, they added Dalvin Cook, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. You got all these weapons. You went out and tried to to make things work. You know, you start talking to people, trying to renegotiate, reconfigure contracts to maybe make something work for Kyler, who might also be willing to get out of Arizona, go to mm-hmm. New York, have that opportunity, and maybe make some concessions. It could be an interesting play. Yes, a lot has to kind of work out for this to happen. But um, if I'm the Jets, I would try try to do that, especially with names when you got – Joe Flacco out there. That was the worst one. Of all the lists, that was the worst one. I mean, come on. The guy's 180 years old. Awful last year. (laughs) So bad. So bad. So. You know what also might be bad, Wags? And some might say, you know who the favorite is to win the NFL MVP right now? Tua. Just thoughts. I mean, I'm I'm excited. Uh, My (laughs) my thoughts are that he is in a – a great offense for him. Mm-hmm. He took Taekwondo or whatever, jujitsu. Yeah, man. It worked week one. <laughs> um, he, he, he's all right. Their offensive line blocked a heck of a game. Again, I don't know how the Hurricanes and the Dolphins did it in the same week uh, against a couple of yeah. pretty good front sevens. Um, but it happened, and he made plays, and he's got the weapon. I mean, he's got Waddle and Hill. I mean, that's it's incredible. I mean, Hill has, has not lost a step. He is so fast. I mean, he's he's going to be a problem. Offensive. Look, the the regular season MVP, as we've seen, is a quarterback award. So certainly, I would always be taking a quarterback there. Uh, offensive player of the year, though, has has recently, I'll say, gone to a receiver and or a running back. So I would certainly take a look at Tyree Kill for offensive player of the year. Tua, you know, four to one, five to one range MVP. Obviously, not not taking that. If you told me that he was healthy the whole year. I could understand the number. It's just we haven't seen it yet. That's my yeah. only thing. So I mean, between him and and Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, those two guys are, are you know clear issues for defenses. So absolutely, definitely take a look. All right, moving on to fishy lines of the week. What is this? These are games that Wags and I have identified where you look at it maybe without knowing if there's an injury, if there's a scheduling spot, if something's going on that you just look at it 
and you do a double take. You literally are like, why is this number the way it is, right? What's going on? It's fishy. It stinks. Does it necessarily mean that we're blindly betting the team that's that's fishy that, you know, Vegas is quote trying to tell us something? No, absolutely not. It does not mean that. But it does warrant a second, third, fourth, deeper dive, a, a look, if you will, as to why the line is what it is. Uh, we both have some college games this week. Sometimes it's NFL. You, usually it's college simply because, you know, there's more games there. There's a lot more games. There's yep. a lot more games. Wags, you want to do the honors with your fishy line of the week on the college betting board for week three. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we're going to go take a look at a Big 12 slash Mac game. Oh, yeah. Which, which again, don't, don't everybody get excited just yet. Um, we're looking at Iowa State at Ohio. Iowa State is only three points at Ohio. Um, to me, I took a look at that. Uh, actually, it was two and a half at one point. Now it's at three. Did tick up for a quick second to three and a half. Um, once it hit there, sharps all over Ohio, it seems, at three and a half. Um, it's just fishy. I mean, Iowa State of the Big 12, who just lost by seven to the 25th-ranked Iowa team, looked you know, probably not that great. They came back. They they, they made it closer than it, the game actually was. Um, but playing against one of the top teams in the nation now plays two and one Ohio. Who do Ohio beat when you start digging in? They beat Long Island by seventeen. I didn't even know Long Island had a team. I'm from there, uh, and they beat FAU by seven. Okay, this is who Ohio beat. They lost to San Diego State by seven. Yet Iowa State is only three points. Give me a break. Now, let me just tell you, this basically at three points, this makes Iowa State at a six-point favorite on a neutral field at best because Ohio is not getting a full three usually. Okay, I'm not buying it. Iowa State, they played last year. Iowa State beat Ohio last year 43-10. to 10, Okay, let that sink in. On top of that, oh, well, who, who, who returns for these teams? They had the same amount of return returning starters coming back. Nine on offense for both Iowa State and Ohio, and six on defense for both Iowa State and Ohio. This game stinks. If you force me to take it at this moment right now, I definitely lean Ohio. Um, I think everyone and their mother is going to be on Iowa State. Oh, and I looked at that. Not surprising. 92% of the bets on Iowa State, 97% of the money on Iowa 92% State. 92% of the bets. Yeah, so exactly what we talk about. Fishy line of the week. When you look at the game and you're like, "Oh, this is a, this is easy." I'm, you know, that's what everybody's thinking. Oh, this is easy. Let me go take Iowa State. Not so fast. Don't get sucked in. It could happen. I'm not saying it doesn't, right? Because if you, you know, th- there are times we're wrong. But if you do take anybody in this game, take Ohio. And if you if you're looking to take Iowa State, just just move on skip next swipe left whatever you want to do it's an ohio or pass for you at this point of the week at this point of the week it's my pass for you got it that is a noon a noon game perhaps a a sleepy start if you will uh and and you make a good point right because as of as of wednesday of taping this show that's where we're at because come friday news comes out things happen right um just be on the lookout. Keep a keep a pulse on this game. All right, for my fishy line of the week, wags. I'm going to the Mac as well. Gotta love, Woo-hoo. gotta love. Double the Mac. Mac. Is, the Mac is 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 fishy 
you know, to begin that's, with, generally. That's, so. that's the, those, those officials, man. They they that's, make things happen. That's the theme. All right. Phantom pass interference calls yeah, and whatnot. Tuesday night in action. Can't wait. Uh, Liberty is playing Buffalo. Liberty is minus three, minus three and a half, depending on where you look. 2-0 Liberty versus 0-2 Buffalo, and this line is only three. Uh, Liberty took care of business at, you know, um, at home versus teams that they were expected to beat, Bowling Green, New Mexico State as well. But the main point of why this line stuck out to me is, is less so about Liberty and more what we've seen out of Buffalo. They lost to Wisconsin 38-17 week one. I know they covered, but they were outgained 503-316 to in that game. The score was really not that indicative of, of how much they got dominated. Um, and then the next week, last week, what, what happens? After the Wisconsin game, they have a home loss to Fordham, Wags, 40-37 to 37 in a game that they closed as 22, yes, 22.5-point favorites last week. They lose outright to Fordham. They were outgained by Fordham, 459-362 to 362 in terms of total yardage. And then the market opens this game versus Liberty, minus 3.5, quickly, quickly by some who were on top of it early. Gets bet up to four and a half and five, and then a minute later, boom, immediate buyback down on Buffalo. I wouldn't even call it buyback. I might just call it moving on air from, from the book's perspective. The, to me, the market just isn't fully respecting or knows about Liberty QB Caden Saltry yet. He was a four-star recruit at Tennessee, got kicked off the team, made his way to uh, to um, to uh, Liberty here, has played pretty well so far in the first two games. And to me, the market is just making a pretty big statement here about what they think of him and what they've seen the first two games, both from Liberty and Buffalo. So certainly when you have a team wags that lost to Fordham as 22 point favorites in the next week, they're only quote getting three versus a two and a Liberty team. That's looked pretty impressive so far. That is a line that sticks out to me uh, as pretty, pretty fishy there. So yep. Two games, two games that we're taking a look at there as far as fishy lines. All right, before we hit up a couple of the games that we're going to look at this week, again, be sure to follow Wags and myself on X and Instagram at the Real Mr. ACL at Captain Wags. And all the packages are up, both college and the NFL. Four weeks, if you want that, you can do the combo for a better price, season long, up as well. Everything is up on the website. Be sure to take a look at that. All right, Wags, we are going to just sort of do a very general look-ahead preview to one college game and one NFL on the college side. Slim Pickens, man. Slim Pickens. Yeah. It'll be the you know national CBS game and all that. People will be into it, which is always fun to watch. Tennessee at Florida. Tennessee minus 6.5, minus 7 in some shops. Total 58.5. Tennessee comes in to this one off two blowout wins at home to start off the season. They beat Virginia 49-13. to they covered that as 27 and a half point favorites. And then they defeated Austin P last week, 30 to 13 in a rain soaked game, but they did fail to cover as 50 point favorites. I do know this way. You can't cover 50 point spread if you only score 30. So <laughs> that happened last week. Uh, perhaps, you know, they didn't want to show their full playbook knowing they had Florida on deck, but it is what it is. They won by 17 as 50 point favorites. Florida comes into this one in their SEC conference opener with a one and one record. Of course, they lost to Utah 24 to 11, uh, did not cover a six point dogs there, even though they tried too late. Then the last week they defeated McNeese state uh, 49 to seven. If you didn't see the ending, Florida was minus 48 and a half. Scott Van Pelt sure did a very nice job of discussing this one on bad beats. If you want to take a look at it, they won 49 to seven. They were minus 48 and a half. So McNeese threw one in there late, which, <laughs> which was a tough beat. Uh, not as bad as Texas Tech, though, but uh, I digress. I, I, a, 
I digress. A, dag- a dagger right there. I digress. Florida comes into this one, Wags. They have revenge from last year's loss to Tennessee. They had won the previous five meetings before last year. UF, Wags, has been a home dog four times, just four times in the last five years. Four and O ATS in all of those games. Your thoughts here? Anything on this Tennessee-Florida matchup? Yeah, for the first time ever, Tennessee is favored by more than a field goal at Florida yep. going back 47 years. Um, and that's uh, the, the logs don't go back as far. Um, I believe it was Brad Powers who tweeted that one out. The mm-hmm. v- Tennessee minus seven, minus six and a half, depending on where you look, um, certainly going to have you know some implications if the Gators can pull off an upset here. Obviously, Tennessee fighting to keep up with Georgia. Not sure they will this year. Not very high on Tennessee, um, especially after these first few games. Um, but you know the the, the Gators are, are the only team here um, again early in the year, but who have faced a tough opponent. Week zero, they lost to Utah, twenty four eleven. Look, they got outmatched there, um, even against two backup quarterbacks that the Utes threw at them. Um, but other than that, that those these two teams haven't played anybody legit. I mean, you mentioned um, you know the Austin P game. The, the Tennessee opened up against the ACC worst Virginia uh, Cavaliers, who they beat forty nine thirteen, um, and then as fifty point favorites, they scored thirty my, points. Now scored, it was like yeah. a rain. To, you know, they were just trying to to get was, the game in, but still, it was it so. was twenty three thirteen in the fourth. Exactly, it was a ten point game in the fourth, and they score a late touchdown. The total um, points weren't even a, you know didn't even yeah, add up yeah. to, to fifty. It, it's it, incredible. Um, obviously, you mentioned the Gators take care of business last week. Grand Mertz though plays Your deep boy. into the ugh, gosh plays deep into the third <laughs> quarter. Co- completes eighty percent over eighty percent of his passes, fourteen to seventeen. Only 193 yards against McNeese and only one touchdown. Um, you know, it, it's good that he completed over 80% of his passes, but when you look at it and, and you know, he's averaging, what, 12 yards a, a pass against a, a McNeese State team, um, that's got to be concerning. The Gators' running game, though, did look very good. Um, they racked up over 300 yards as they should. Obviously, they probably kept it really vanilla. I'll be completely honest. I did not watch any of the Gators game, not even on um, tape to catch up just because, you know, there, there are so many games and just watch the that, Scott Van Pelt bad beat segment on yeah. this game. That's all you need to know about what happened in this um, game. Yeah. So aside from 300 yards on the ground, over 300 yards, I should say, they also scored six touchdowns on the ground on the other side. Again, we mentioned, you know, something that I have to point out is Milton. I mean, he looked okay, 21 of mm-hmm. 33, 228, two touchdowns. I know you mentioned the weather there, um, but definitely expect a lot better performance against Austin P. Um, look, it's not the same game as, you know, we've traditionally seen between Tennessee and, and the Gators, um, but it's going to be a good game. I mean, it's two solid teams still. Um, it should be a good game. It's only a seven-point spread in the Swamp. I think the Swamp is a legit place to play. I think this game's going to be close late. We'll see if there's any, um, you know, backdoors that happen. I, I can always, you know, this year, the amount of backdoors and bad beats that have happened in two weeks is just absolutely incredible. But, um, yeah, I don't think this is going to matter much as Georgia seems to be sitting on top of that mountain um, in the SEC East. Texas Tech. Just say that. Yeah. If you haven't seen what happened, just just take a look. Um, that was a, that was an all timer last week, man. 
Um, I, I agree. First of all, I agree with everything I just said about Florida. I mean, we have seen some money come in on Florida. Uh, obviously, Joe Milton on the road. Certainly, uh, Joe Milton is not Hendon Hooker. So, you know, in my opinion, I look, Tennessee's a top 15 team for sure. Big coaching edge in my opinion as well. Uh, but look, the swamp at night is a very tough place to play. Um, so we shall see what happens with this line going forward here. Moving over to the NFL real quick before we do the $300 Monday Night Football Contest. Chiefs at Jagswags, really, really good game here. Chiefs currently minus three at the Jags, total of 51. Chiefs coming into this game as road favorites at 0-1, while the Jags are 1-0 and uh, after beating the Colts last week. The big news, of course, this week is that the Chiefs did sign Chris Jones. They gave him a one-year contract to get him back on the field. After they saw what happened week one, I think they figured, okay, we'll just pay him uh, because they they certainly got gashed at times by that uh, by that Lions run game. Uh, as of taping now, this will probably change over the next you know twenty four to forty eight hours. It's looking more and more like Travis Kelsey will give it a go in this game. Things obviously could change between now and Sunday as far as that. Uh, you know, injury designation goes, but if, and when he is announced, then I fully expect this line wags to cross three, certainly hit three and a half closer to four, maybe even four and a half, just based on the spot, right? Cause the chiefs zero and one versus a one and no Jags team. Can you see Patrick Mahomes go? Oh, and two. Sure. It's not like the Jags are, you know, chopped liver here, but man, it, it, if, if you're talking about Mahomes off a loss with two weapons in Jones and Kelsey that he did not have last week, I certainly can understand why the market would move this line closer to that four or four and a half number. Yeah, look, I, I have to be completely honest. I only saw the last quarter of the Chiefs, Chiefs game last Thursday. Um, I was at a wedding rehearsal dinner. Laugh Which all I you heard want. you did very well, by the way. Congratulations. Yes, um, yes. yes a, a wedding rehearsal dinner on the, for the first game of the NFL season. It was supposed to be done. <sighs> Supposed to be done at eight thirty. It went to about nine forty-five. Because um, if you have the whole calendar to schedule a wedding throughout the year, you have to do it on you know opening yeah. weekend of NFL, right? Yeah. And as much as it sucked from that perspective, I was the officiant. Um, first time in my life, it went well. Mm-hmm. Happy I did it. Probably the last time I'll do it. Everyone asked me, "Are you going to keep doing it?" Because I did so well, and they're like, "Oh, it's a great side hustle." Well, um, if you want Wags to officiate your wedding, just slide yeah. in his DMs. Not sure it's worth worth the stress, but um, especially if, if if you guys are getting married during uh, football season, no, thank you. Uh, but anyway, back to Kansas City. Um, I do know that I'm very high on Sky Moore, and uh, I have him in a couple of fantasy leagues. I was clearly high on him. I uh, for those who are listening and and don't uh, you know get our picks, you can hop in and and make sure you go to ACL dash sports slash packages and make sure you sign up for either the college football pro football or combo package um but i was on the over 43 and a half yards for sky Moore. i lost that bet um i beat the closing line by two and a half yards which is which is pretty huge in in when it comes to props we had some chances but the chiefs receivers man between sky Moore. Kadarius Tony, which anybody Oof. who was surprised, anybody anybody who's surprised about Kadarius Tony dropping balls clearly has not watched Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Kadarius <laughs> Tony is a very good receiver at getting open, and he's a very bad receiver at catching balls. So, um, you know, I, I suspect again the Chiefs will thrive once Kelsey's back. Now, if I'm Kansas City, even though I'm zero and one, I'm not rushing Kelsey back. I agree I, with you. I, I, I'm happy to have him sit out. I'm happy to be. I mean, I'm not happy to be. I'm not happy to sit him out. Um, 
But you're but okay get, with it knowing that you're a team that if you're in the playoffs and he's 100%. Exactly. You've got, if I, you've got arguably the GOAT at quarterback. If I start the season off 0-2 and, and my two losses are against the Lions and the Jaguars, who are two very dangerous teams, yes. and I lost to them probably in close games without my best offensive player, and then he comes back week three and is able now, fully healthy, able to play the rest of the season well, then – especially with a, now a 17 game season. Now I'm fine with that. Um, from, uh, you know, you mentioned Chris Jones. I think that's going to be a huge help for Kansas yep. city. I mean, yep. you know, usually it's not like one guy doesn't make the team. I mean, he is literally the heart and soul of the defense. He sits in the middle. Um, he makes plays. He's able to get to the quarterback. He's able to stop the run. Um, I think he's going to have a huge impact in the game. Um, the Jaguars are an interesting team, right? You know, they're coming off the win on the road against the Colts, who they usually kind of struggle against, I feel. Um, Trevor Lawrence has a ton of weapons, right? You Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. Even though Kirk only caught one ball for nine yards, um, you know, you have three offensive weapons. Evan Ingram, um, who's dangerous. ETN and uh, leads the way in the backfield. They also have Tank Bigsby back there, who um, is a rookie and very dangerous. So, the Jaguars on offense are very good. I think Chris Jones can have an impact up uh, against the Jaguars line, who's probably um, the weakest link when it comes to the offensive positions. Um, and, you know, I think a lot is going to have to hinge in this game on those receivers for Kansas City, especially if Kelsey doesn't go. And if Kelsey does go, um, you know, you, you got to see how limited he is. And can Tony catch the ball? Can Sky Moore get open? Um you know, they have Marquez Valdez, Scantling, they got Rishi Rice, or, you know, they, they got some weapons, but they have to come together and gel a lot better. And I'm, I'm a little surprised that um, Mahomes and this receiving core um, weren't a, even more on the same page than they should be, I, in, in my opinion. Wags, if the Chiefs lose this game, the one thing that I'm going to be focused in on, you know, Monday morning right away is Chiefs futures. Yes. Because they're going to be 0-2 and you know, if yeah. you're going to the, the number, great value. The number oh, yeah. has to drop, right? Yes. So, I mean, this is the, this is the Bowl, team yeah. who is the favorite. Right. So right. they're not going to be the favorite anymore. And, and if you think 0-2 and, and, like, you're starting to panic, no, that's when we get value. Right. That's where you find the value, all right? Everybody else is panicking. You go attack and find the value. And then that's absolutely correct. I mean, if the Chiefs start off 0-2, which is possible. Um, Three-point game, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, go ahead, find those Chiefs futures and get on them early. Totally agree with that. All right. Two more things here, Wags. What this is, is for all the new listeners. They, I'm about to read off three questions for the Monday night football game. There's, there's actually two Monday night football games uh, this week, which I think is pretty cool that they're doing a doubleheader. We're going to do the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game here. Uh, I'm reading off three questions. Uh, for, for for that particular game, the first person to DM either myself or Wags and get all three questions correct gets three hundred dollars in site credit to htlsports.com. All you got to do is enter. All you have to do to enter is DM the answers to all three. If multiple people win, it's whoever gets it in first. So timestamps do matter. So get your answers in first. Um, and here we go. The first question: Browns minus two and a half at the Steelers. Are you taking the Browns minus two and a half, or are you taking Pittsburgh plus two and a half? Question number two, over under 39 and a half, over or under 39 and a half. Question number three, the total number of touchdown passes in this game by Kenny Pickett. All right. The total number of touchdown passes in the game by Kenny Pickett. Get your answers in. Get all three right. Be the first to do it. Boom. 300 bucks credit is yours. 
just DM myself for WAGs on Twitter or Instagram to enter. All right, my man, free play time. Free plays have been going well on, on Twitter and um, in the uh, newsletter as well. So we are going to try to stay hot. And would you like to do the honors on your free play for this week, WAGs? Yeah, my free play might come as a surprise to some, but I'll give you a little bit of a synopsis on why I'm taking Boston College. Yes, Boston College at home against the Florida State Seminoles. Boston College plus 26 and a half, readily available on FanDuel as of this taping. Uh, it's purely a situational play here. You know, do I, you know, am I drawn to Boston College as a team? Do I think they're really good? No. Do I think Florida State's really good? Yes, I do. Um, but couple things here. Florida State's first road game. Yes, they played in Orlando, but you know, it's literally an hour a couple hour drive. Um first road game at noon, right? That that's big, right? A, a road game at 7, yeah, you can adjust a little bit. Um you're literally waking up in that hotel, you have breakfast at the, uh, a lot of a lot of different things, it's new. Um in addition to this and and a bigger reason than that, huge game next week for Florida State. Again, on the road at Clemson. Now, while Clemson might not be what they, you know, have been in the past, in the recent past, I can tell you that this game is viewed by Florida State as the toughest game on their schedule at this point in time. They will be looking ahead. Um, and on the flip side, Boston College barely squeaks by last week against Holy Cross. Now, everybody's looking at, oh, what Boston College? What do they do? Oh, they only beat Holy Cross by three? Well, guess what? First off, tweeted this out, take Holy Cross last week, plus 10. Um, why? Because Boston College was looking ahead, looking ahead to their big game that they have scheduled, circled on their schedule, their Super Bowl home against Florida State. And guess what? Holy Cross is an excellent team. Excellent team. One of the best coaching staffs in college football. Yes, Holy Cross has one of the best coaching staffs in college football. Go look it up. Actually, you know what? I'll save you a little bit of time right here. Bob Chesney, head coach, what he's done, 38 and 18 at Holy Cross, 105 and 43 as a head coach. He won the Patriot League the last four years. Bob Chesney, I'm saying it right now, mark my words, one of the next coaching vacancies that opens up that is meaningful to him, let's say, you know, uh, Temple or Rutgers or Maryland, you know, one of these Arkansas State. I don't know if, you know, I think he's better than that. How about that? I think he's someone who can hold out for a better team. Um, Bob Chesney, legit coach. Anyway, yep. back to Boston College. Not only did they beat a, a good team in Holy Cross. Now, again, Boston College, you know, should handle them, no doubt. Um, they were looking ahead. They're going to give FSU everything they got. I expect them to be ready for FSU's offense. Um, oh, and guess what? Last point. High of 64 degrees in Boston College next week, mm -hmm. uh, this weekend uh, on Saturday, with expected showers. So hold on tight. Take Boston College plus 26 and a half. Don't look back. Free play. It's a solid play. You have the win total as well at 48, right? So when you have a depressed total, obviously points on the underdog, much more valuable as well. Factor in win, factor in rain, factor in FSU when they get out of there healthy. Not show a lot in the playbook. Exactly. Well, that's like what it that is. It's, it's, you know, they're not going to want to show a lot of their playbook. Um, I believe this total actually opened before, you know, and then it got hammered immediately. I think they, they I don't know if they took it off the board or not. Yeah. It wasn't it was, paying it attention. Was, no, 55. you're absolutely right. Yep. And that's a lot of weather related 
you know, yep. movement as well. So exactly. That's even more so reason to take the dog. I like it. All right. My free play for this podcast. I'm going to the SEC. I'm taking Georgia Wags. Georgia minus 27 at home versus South Carolina. I've been hearing for two weeks about how Georgia's offense looks flat. They haven't shown much, which I actually agree with. It's all completely true, which is one reason why this number, this spread is in the 20s and not the 30s. Guess what? They still won their first two games by a combined score of 93 to 10. Their first team defense, Wags, this year has given up a total of zero points. I think this false narrative that that's out there about George is a big reason, again, why this line is minus 27 as opposed to the uh, low 30s. And I simply don't like, as much as, I, you know, Spencer Rattler is my guy, I just don't like what I've seen. I have to be uh, objective here. I don't like what I've seen out of South Carolina so far this season, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I played the under uh, in their first game versus North Carolina, cashed that. They only put up 17 a game against a UNC defense that is, quite frankly, not that great. Uh, certainly better than they have been, but very average this year. Obviously a huge step up in class here going from from uh, playing North Carolina to this Georgia defense. And frankly, I think just from a motivational standpoint, trying to get inside their head, I think when you're the two-time defending national champions, Kirby needs to find ways to keep his guys from getting complacent. This is a big, this being their you know SEC season home opener, I'm sure many of these guys feel like, okay, the season starts now right kind of just preseason warm-ups the first two games if you will and again 93 to 10 is the combined score so this narrative that they've been you know lackluster haven't shown much absolutely all true but i i certainly can understand why so to me this is a game that they come out really kind of treat this as their season opener big home game versus a south carolina team that in my opinion is down uh certainly from the market perspective so Minus 27 is readily available in the market. I think Georgia lays, lays it on them uh, in the SEC home open. I'm taking Georgia minus 27, minus 110. Sounds good. All right. Uh, that is the first weekly preview. Not preview. Sorry. We've done the preview. The first weekly uh, podcast, NFL and college. We'll be doing these all week, giving out free plays. So certainly if you have any questions, let us know. And if you have two seconds, maybe even three, just hit that five-star button on the uh, under reviews, leave a nice comment if you want to. That'd be great as well. They certainly help us grow, and we do appreciate it. Spread the word about the pod if you like it. And uh, if you have any comments, good, bad, or different, let us know. Wags, ready for NFL Week 2, College Football Week 3, and to get out of here, man. Can't wait. Yeah, we're going to do these every week, and uh, looking forward to it. We'll be giving out those free plays, the fishy lines, um, You know, getting into – recaps and whatnot can't wait for week two looking forward to it and uh more so nfl as this college football week does not have too many great matchups but miami does play bethune tomorrow thursday night game probably not on tv (laughs) probably not on tv but hey (laughs) you can bet on it and uh Miami should get to 3-0, I would think. All right, that is the pod for WAGS. I am ACL this week. We will talk to you guys next week as we continue the weekly pods. Good luck on all your bets.